It's time for a Shway Media Podcast. Disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in the show do not necessarily reflect those of Shway Media or any subsidiaries. The program may contain strong language not suitable for young audiences. Series discussions will contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy the show! everybody welcome back to devterfuge i'm stella luna and i'm matt how's it going uh so if you hear any like like extraneous noise in the background folks um i just have to make a quick disclaimer um it is extremely hot down here in texas as it well pretty much always is um but i'm currently um house-sitting for my parents at the moment, and um, really the only convenient place for me to, like, organize my setup here to, to record is in my dad's studio, um, and there is, it's basically, there's no air conditioning back here, so I have to keep the fans going at, like, full speed, otherwise it will get very uncomfortable very quickly. <laughs> So I do apologize for that. Um, unfortunately, like otherwise, I would I would have them off when we're recording, but I would rather not get heat stroke. Blame her, in other words. Yes, you can put the blame on me. <laughs> um. Anyway. All right. Um. Let's see. What show are we talking about today? Well, we were going to discuss Erased, but then the news cycle made us sad, so we decided on Konohana Kitan. Or was it Citrus? It was something about a girl named Yuzu getting a new family. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, in this case, uh, it's a show about a rather foxy lady named Yuzu. <laughs> we're doing Konohana Kitan, if that wasn't obvious. <laughs> there, there will be probably far more fox puns from here on out, so another warning. <laughs> um, Alright, <laughs> Konohana Kitan is a 12-episode slice of life show um, from Studio Lurch, that, or Lurchy, I'm not really sure how to pronounce it, uh, aired back in the fall of uh, 2017, uh, based on the manga by Sakya Amano. And uh, it's streamed on Crunchyroll and Funimation, respectively, in both sub and dub. Uh, mostly we're going to be talking about the dub. Which is adorable! Which features the lovely Lindsay Seidel as our main character. And just the cutest voice imaginable, like... Can Yuzu read the phone book? Because that would just... I would fall asleep to that, it is just so cute. So, um, a little bit of background on the show. Um, it just basically takes place in a hot spring resort in the realm of yokai and other spirits. So, essentially, like, this entire resort uh, primarily serves, like, other spiritual 
entities and like other like yokai and so forth. And so all all the staff of this resort called Konohanate um, are basically all a form of a kitsune or like a fox spirit. Yes. And I don't know. I don't know if humans actually ever show up in in with in in their realm. Like they do. Like there's like we see two of them. Well, and well, no. not like well, in sort of like in corporeal and corporeal form, but we still yeah, see that's them. what I mean. That that's what I mean. I, I I mean like I don't think an alive human really no crosses it's not. ever to the to to the yokai world. Like they no. mostly stay in. Like what they call like the apparent realm. Now you're just combining shows. No, I mean like that's like the the translation. Okay. No, like I'm serious. I, I, I know, I know. I'm just I just I don't know, I just felt like alluding to the to Kakarillo for a second. Which we will talk about in a little bit, but because um, this this think of this as kind of like a two-for-one, so to speak. Um, let's see. So, uh, a couple of things I really like about this show. Um, I'm Anybody who knows me probably knows that I uh, am super into, like, uh, Shinto mythology and yokai in the spirit world and I'm like almost obsessed it's really really interesting to me um, so any show that incorporates that I'm pretty much down for um, and I'm also really interested in the hot spring resorts or the, the uh, Ryokan which is like an old fashioned hot spring resort so when you combine those two I'm very much on board yes and I just love really chill shows like this. It's it's not an Iyashike, but it's close to it. The vibe is just really chill, a little excite a little bit of excitement here and there, but nothing like nerve-wracking or anything, and it's just I remember when this was airing, it was like the the show that I would watch to unwind from work. It was it just put me in that relaxed state. Yeah, it's like somewhere, like like not quite moe, um, like like kind of somewhere in that realm, like somewhere in the realm of like cute girls doing cute things, not quite like relaxed enough to be in Iyashike, but um, definitely kind of in that realm of like kind of overall like a really charming, like cute atmosphere about the show um so like kind of in the moe territory i would say i don't know if it's like full-on moe but no it's not full-on moe the girls are not aware of how cute they are there's there has to be self-awareness for it to be a full-on moe hmm i'm just gonna call it a moashi k and agree to disagree (laughs) yeah uh Feel free to fight us down in the comments. No, I'm, I'm joking. I can already hear everyone furiously no. typing at their keyboards. Seriously, come at us, bros. Well, come at him. He said it, not me. We're a team here. Come on, tag me, tag in. Hell no. I, 
didn't say anything. <sighs> Some friend you are. <laughs> hey, man. You had the shovel. You're standing anyway. <laughs> what were we talking about again? I have no idea. It's been a really long week. Um, actually, I just got back from Chicago. Yes, we um, saw each other in, in like real people form. Yes, we both exist IRL. And confirmed it with each other. Um, no, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, very nice to be on vacation for a few days. Um, didn't quite escape the heat, but it was. But I mean, like eighty-ish degrees is certainly a lot better than a hundred something, which is what it was today. Yeah, Chicago is freezing compared to Texas right now, and it is glorious. Um, I would say the only thing that got to me really was like the humidity. Yes, like being by the lake has its advantages and disadvantages. The the disadvantage being humidity. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so I guess we'll just start talking about all the voice acting. Um, yeah, there was some... I, I Overall, I thought this was a really great cast. Um, I really liked hearing different sides of everyone's range. So, for example, like I'm really used to hearing Lindsay kind of... Um, doing a bit not not like deep voices but i'm used to her i'm used to hearing her as like nagisa from assassination classroom or in the new kino's journey like kind of more like um like younger male voices teenage boys pretty much um either whether it be like you know teenage or kids or something along those lines and i'm used to hearing don bennett as more as like well frosh which is like this cute, high, squeaky kind of voice, um, and anime Gatari, which is, like, a little bit more higher-pitched kind of moe voice, but in this show, um, she's actually in her lower range, um, which sounds really great. Yeah, she sounds tough as nails in her lower range. It's, it's, it's honestly, like, a stark contrast to Frosh in a good way. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, Lindsay Seidel as Yuzu, she doesn't, she has a bit more lately, but for a while she was mostly, like you said, just boy voices. So it was really refreshing to hear her in different, in a different range. But yeah, Dawn didn't surprise me because I, I watched her in Seven Mortal Sins and that is just like, her character is, her voice is just butch in that show. There's no other way to describe it. Sure, we'll go with that. Says the one who never watched Seven Mortal Sins. No, that that's not what I'm talking about. But anyway, moving on. Um, actually, a really nice surprise uh, to hear that I haven't really heard in a while. But um, Kate Oxley, who you may know from, uh, she was the lead in Peach Girl. Momo Adachi. She was also in um, Akane Sunomori in Psychopaths and uh, the lead inspector in Darker Than Black. 
completely blanking on that character's name off the top of my head. But ne- never seen it. Couldn't help you. Um, oh, we'll fix that very soon. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, she plays Ren. Um, who uh, both her and Natsume, um, I really, really like. Yeah, Emily Fajardo um, plays Natsume, and she's I, she's I just the gung ho type. Like she's cool and up and like basically up for anything. And uh, she's played uh, she's played by Emily Fajardo, who honestly is I've mostly only heard in sort of deeper yeah. ranges, like here, like in the like in Konohana here, and then. She's in Chio's school road right now, and it's similar, sim- very similar range, or close range. Yeah, um, she's, I think, fairly, like, newcomer to Funimation, um, but I really like what I hear so far. Um, oh, yeah, she, she's great. And, and yeah, Natsume is pretty much, like, the rough-and-tumble kind of tomboy archetype. I, I mean, I actually really like that archetype. Um, I mean, there's definitely a pattern, like, obviously, like, Sailor Jupiter, tomboy archetype. Um, Brown hair, it's all connected. Yeah, pretty much. It's the Um, Illuminanime. Nah. Uh, I really like, 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 Ren a lot. Um, And I really like the progression of her and Natsume's relationship. Um... There's, there's like a one episode in particular, I think it's the ghost episode or like, it's like where they think, uh, I think like the power goes out in the, in Konohanate and then they try to tell all these spooky stories and et cetera. But, uh, I, I really like that episode a lot. I really like, there's a couple moments with Ren and Natsume, um, and I think it really tries to, um, go a little bit deeper into their relationship and um Ren's feelings towards Natsume and I I really appreciated that because it made them seem very genuine in my opinion I I agree uh one character that I really liked um Morgan Garrett's character uh the the young master Kiri I loved how she was just the Zen mom type where she looked after them all, but wasn't overbearing or anything and just sort of let them do what they want unless they stepped out of line. It was just, there was something Zen about the way she, about how she acted that I got drawn to. I like, I like her dichotomy. I like that she kind of comes across as um, either really strict or really laid back, depending on, like, which employee she happens to be dealing with. But regardless of who she's dealing with, she is the most calm character in the show, always cool as a cucumber, whether she's praising or disciplining or helping someone out. It, She is just, like, always calm, which... For a show that's supposed to, that's about like supposed to be people about relaxing in a hotel, that's a good thing. Yeah, she's very, she's definitely very emotionally intelligent. I think she's very good at reading people. Um, mm. She's probably a good trait if you're going to be like the manager of like you know 
a hospitality like type position. Yeah, and her and her death stare is the sweetest, most terrifying thing I've ever seen. Oh, it's absolutely brilliant. It's hilarious. I love it. Uh, another character I really, really, really like is Okiku. Uh, she's voiced by Sarah Widenheft. Um, she's basically like a Tsukumogami, um, sort of, somewhat of like a cursed, basically she's like a cursed porcelain doll um, brought in for like basically like purification. Uh, and she, when she's when she's brought in, she is dressed in like very like traditional Japanese clothing, um, and then later uh, they uh, style her into a, like a more Western style maid outfit, much to her chagrin at first. You mostly see her kind of like riding around on this little like <laughs> um, pig bunny thing. Yeah, this I think it's like a bolt-on. I'm not really sure. Um, but it, it's really cute. It's really funny. The little pig she's riding around on is named Urinosuke, and he hatched from an egg. And there was a whole episode about it because uh, Ren just woke up one like one morning, and it was attached to her, like 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 someone's like someone crazy glued it to her stomach and she thought she was pregnant and it was a whole hilarious thing. <sighs> Hashtag anime. Yes. Hashtag that's not how you get pregnant. Anyhoozles. <laughs> um, and then we have uh, the owner of the inn, Okami, which basically just means manager. Um... And she's, I think she's, um, I think her real name is actually Suwaki. And I think she's the only one that doesn't have a human appearance. Oh, no, like, she does. She's, not, she's no, she's, it, she's primarily like, like she can look human if she applies like, like makeup slash magic. Um, but for the most part, she remains in her fox form. Yes. She's basically the grandma of the show. Like everyone, like like everyone respects her and and listens to her, but at the same time, she's pretty much a background character, except for a few special occasions. Yeah, um, I really liked her, and I liked her voice actor a lot. That was Linda Leonard. She's done a lot of elderly characters in various anime. Yeah. The one episode that I really liked was... Uh, we talked a little bit about how about humans coming into the realm, or in this case, what, appears, what appear to be humans. Um, and there was this one episode where it was a girl, her father, and a dog taking the form of a boy and oh, they were sort man. of drifting in and out and it's you have to sort of like put the pieces together to figure out exactly how they're connected and what happened like um, and how they're related and it is just a beautiful sequ sequence of full full disclosure this episode got me <laughs> yeah me too 
It this was very much got me. It was like, oh. It involves it involves a happy family moment for a puppy. Yeah, no, so it's if, it's if it's you, very much like a yeah. So if you like puppies, just watch that episode alone, and you will be just a puddle on the floor. Yeah, no, it's it's very much like a happy like like heartwarming ending. But yeah, it just gave me all all the feels because like I have a dog, and he's like the best thing in the entire world. Um. And, like, my, my dog's kind of similar to the puppy in this episode. Like, he's got, like, a very similar coloring and, like, similar kind of, like, floppy ears. Um, so it's just like, oh. Yeah. Uh, the cool thing about the dog is, <laughs> since it was sort of going in and out of the spirit realm, it appeared as, to them, as a young little human boy. And... You could tell by just how what he was saying and his memories that it wasn't like there was something that we were clearly missing and not being yeah. told. And then you learn at the end, at the end, how what he that he's actually a dog and and is and is a seeing eye dog even, and it's just a really great piece of storytelling in in the end. The yeah. The dog was played by Allison Victorin, who is who just nailed nailed this just because she was basically coming in with like you just have to be completely confident but have no idea what you're doing, which is voice acting, which is anime voice acting in a lot of cases, but it's rare for the character to have to be that. Yeah, for sure. And I also, in the same episode, really liked the the uh, the castaway girl that Yuzu finds on the beach. Uh, her name's Ray. Yeah, that and was really interesting. Yeah, she had. I honestly liked how she sort of opened up Yuzu's eyes to there's more to life than working. You could travel and have fun. I mean, I I think Yuzu's happy where she is right now, but just the eye-opening bit of it. Uh, that she was played by uh, by Macy Johnson, who is currently in Magical Girl Racing Project. Uh, she's one one of the one of the very new people at Funimation, and honestly, I like her stuff. Yeah, no, and that's another show that I want to talk about at some point when it's all said and done. When the dust settles, because. <laughs> um, uh, I actually watched it back when it was airing, like, or back when it was simulcasting a little bit. I only got about, like, part of the way through, but, oh, man, does it go places. Yeah, I'm... It goes places. I'm only, I'm watching the dub, so only a few episodes in, but I can tell that this is... My heart is is in the roller coaster car, and it's just waiting to it's just waiting to reach the top and plummet. Yeah, and apparently it's like this is like a whole like series, uh, or like it's based on a, on like a whole series. And I want to find the other ones too, the ones that are like kind of like connected. Yes. Um, the one other episode I wanted to mention what is the one. Uh, episode five, uh, where they have a guest who's just doing nothing but weaving on this loom, and they I have to love sort of this episode. Yes, they have to sort of 
basically make sure she doesn't starve to death if she if since she's only weaving that's the only thing she's focused on like so they bring her food like they have to bring her food and tend to her and stuff and in the end it, and what sort of drew me here was it has like a rhythm to it not just because there was the rain and then there was the sound of the loom and that and that sort of like combination in a way you could sort of feel it throughout the whole episode even if you weren't even if they weren't in the room with her you could you could it sort of never went away which i which i kind of liked i thought that um, was interesting what i really liked about it is like okay so i feel like like okay so as one of like these sort of like standalone vignette type type things i really like like users interactions with with this like obsessive weaver um you know like just such a stark contrasting personality is like yuzu is very outgoing very chipper and this weaver is very like quiet and focused and like very determined and so i really liked how you have this sort of it's it's almost like hip hypnotic in a way yes like 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 you have like the rhythm of her of like her apparatus and then there's, and then there's like, the constant like the sound of the rain in the background. Yeah, it's like it's like there's like rain pouring, and it's like, and then you hear like the of like the 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 loom that she's working with, and then you hear like you know Yuzu's little like squeaks and so forth, and then like you know, and, and then they'll maybe like in- interchange it with like you know swapping out like her tea or something like that. It's it just kind of ends up being sort of like this really cool sounding, almost like a symphony. Yeah, the there was just there was nothing intentional and it was completely mundane. But the all the interactions were completely rhythmic. Almost, I guess you could call them like aleatoric in a way. But there yeah. was method to the madness there that really that really set the scene that scene apart. Yeah, for sure. And then they go frolic in the field as the as the car- as the weaver girl shows unfurls the rainbow cloth that she had been weaving the whole time, and then that was a fun little conclusion. Yeah, that uh, that I I really like. It's just such a like. What I want to say, it's such like a gentle resolution. Um, you know, but but then like with, you know, when when you when they show like the full i guess spectrum of the cloth that she's weaving um it's just really cool and to me it's just like what i want to say i don't know it really demonstrates this like kind of like subtle mastery like of of like storytelling throughout the show yes of like kind of combining this like sort of spiritual like otherworldly like feel with like pretty much like the mundaneness of like slice of life. Yeah, and you mentioned how they were most vignettes most of the time, but obviously they connected because because char- new characters carried over. But that was enough. That's another part of the thing that sort of helped. That sort of helped give the show a calm vibe. Like no matter what the tension, like how much tension there was in an episode, you could. It was a this too shall pass sort of feeling that came yeah. with it. 
Like there wasn't nothing carried over to no, no, no nerves carried over till next week. And then it's like there wasn't any anything suspenseful about it, which it was uh, you could come in and leave peacefully kind of th thing that makes it sound like they're dying. But you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so I guess in um, let's just really quick talk about the last episode. Yes. And then I think we'll go into like our overall recommendations and thoughts and so forth. Definitely. Um, I really like the last couple episodes. It kind of has this sort of like time travel element to it, which I found really, really cool. Um, so essentially... Okay, so you can't. I, I don't. I don't think you can really talk about the spiritual realm without talking about, um, like, uh, the a new year, which is essentially like what this episode does. Yes. Um. So essentially, like, it talks about basically the the girls uh, going to the new to the shrine, like the main shrine. Uh, to basically, like, ring in the new year. Um, and in clumsy fashion, in clumsy yuzu fashion, she drops a scroll um, that she f finds, like, while, like, cleaning out um, the uh, Konohanate. Um, and Cleaning then the attic or something. Yeah, something along those lines. Um, and of course it has to like, you know, like roll away from her and she has to chase after it. Um, unfortunately she chases it so far. She like leaps through time. Okay. Look, I just need to say something about that because that was the, that was the second time that she almost passed over to the other side. And, in a matter of speaking. Yeah. Because there was another one where she was following the spirit like spirits and they said yeah we're going back to where the dead reside or whatever and i just thought like the seamlessness in which she went from her from her realm to almost the land of the dead was just there's a little too much danger there with how easily she was able to do it i mean the i mean in theory any it could happen to anyone and it, it just sort of through me at, at how weird that was. Yeah, it's kind of almost becomes somewhat of like a stale kind of trope at this point. Um, it's like, oh, okay, like, what is she gonna accidentally do now? Oh, she's gonna stumble back in time or stumble almost into the afterlife. My goodness, Yuzu. Hey everyone, this is Tim from Shui Media, and I am here to tell you about our 2018-2019 roster of shows. As usual, Brews and the Boys is back again with Michael Sizemore and Tom Ryle, giving you an in-depth discussion every single week about America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. And speaking of America, the most American show in America, America, the podcast, is back again for season three with host Thebadias A. Stard, the embodiment of and only hope for America, here to make sense of America every two weeks, 
by yelling his important words directly into your ear holes. Next up, the Schwegcast is back again with more discussions in songwriting and the music industry with the schweeziest of the schweezy, Sam Schwegler. And now, on to our new Schweg shows. This fall, we have Dubterfuge with Pod Team Epic, hosted by Stella Luna and Matt Voss, two passionate weebs talking about their favorite animes and everything new in the world of dubs. Then, in 2019, we have Space Adventure, hosted by a guy who goes by Luke. You see, Luke came to us a few months back claiming that he had found a flight recorder of sorts containing several years worth of audio. But the thing is, he claims that that audio is of a crew of a spaceship from 500 years in the future. Now, we can't confirm the authenticity of these recordings, which is why we need your help. So, when winter 2019 rolls around, be sure to check out the premiere of Space Adventure. We want to thank each and every one of you who tune in every single week and make Shway Media happen. If you haven't already, maybe subscribe and leave us a review in iTunes because it goes a long way in helping our placement. And don't forget to visit shwaymedia.com, that's S-H-W-A-Y-M-E-D-I-A.com for more info, updates, and a new show every week. And now, back to the show. It's just amazing how on um, how much of a razor thin line this spirit world is on because one stumble out of place at a festival and you, you could either almost die or go back in time somewhere. Yeah. Um, however, um, I, I think I can I, I, I can forgive this at least in this instance um, when we get to kind of like the heart of this episode, which is. Um, like Yuzu's excellent adventure or Yuzu like back to the future, back to the past, back to the whatever. Um, back to the, the past, Yuzu, Samurai the Yuzu. Yuzu. Yuzu that leapt through time. Um, basically, How many time puns upon... can we make? Hold on. Back to the past, Samurai Yuzu, the Yuzu that leapt through time. Yuzu's excellent adventure. How many more movies and shows can we rip off? Uh, let's see. Uh, the curious case of Yuzu Button. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> that was that was just awful. I'm so sorry. Throw it with the rest um, of the trash we just listed. <laughs> pretty much. Okay, so basically, she stumbles upon the Kenzel Cole, um, which is essentially this like, kind of like the spiritual headquarters so to speak, where um, a number of um, other, like, fox spirits um, are working very diligently um, to, like, read and grant and file all of these, like, wishes that people, like, that the humans back in, you know, the human world, like in our world, um, have, have made just in time for the new year. So they have to make sure that all these wishes get get like account are like accounted for before the new year starts. I basically associated it with like it's the yokai equivalent of the mailroom and accounting and sorting office it, at uh, Santa's workshop. Yeah, pretty much. Um let's see. Uh so so basically uh there's like this enormous like endless stack of like little talismans with all the different wishes on it and it, everything's just like completely in like disorganized chaos um and 
Yuzu, being Yuzu, offers her her help, basically. Um, Because, like, what else is she going to do? She's pretty much, like, stuck where she is for the, for the, for the time being. And um, this is kind of like a, I want to, I don't want to say, like, deep dive, but we get pretty into uh, the heart, I think, of Japanese mythology here. Yeah, um, it, I had to look a couple of things up to figure out exactly what this was, because, like I said, I thought it was, like, Santa's workshop, basically. Yeah, the only reason I had a little bit more familiarity with it, but and by a little bit I mean like a very little bit, uh, was there's like a similar scene in uh, Kamisama Kiss or Kamisama Hajime Mashita, um, where they go to Izumo and Nanami um, also has to like kind of help with all the, the wish granting for the new year. Um, and and then they go visit the year god uh, to um, basically like de- de- basically deliver all the rest of the wishes. So, and they 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 kind of explain like what 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 that's all about in that series. So that's really the only background I had on it. I um, completely forgot about that episode because it's been a couple of years since I've seen Kamisama Kiss. Great show though, but it's been a yeah, few years. Definitely want to talk about that as well. That's a really great show. Also one of my all-time favorite mangas. Anywho. Um, so, amidst all this, like, wish wish granting, and, um, you know, Yuzu is kind of in a bit of a sticky wicket in the sense that, you know, she may never be able to get back to where she needs... Like, she may never be able to go back to Kanohanate. Um... Just, just because of, like, you know, the space-time continuum and so forth. Yes. Um, until uh, they actually figure out uh, to open this, this, the scroll that Yuzu dropped in the beginning. Yeah, that, um, that's basically what I was, like trying to like scream at this tell them through the screen the whole time like you have you were literally holding the deus ex machina in your hand or the plot convenience device in your hand open it and all will be right but no they had to draw it out uh oh but then when she, but but when she opens it and reads it and like sees the message that um um, that the uh, oh, what is her name? The uh, the other fox girl. Um, um, like, like one of the Kenzoku staff like adds something to it along with all the other staff from Konohanate. Oh yeah, it was let her come home. It was basically their prayer to let Yuzu return home safely. Yeah. Um, that that brought a little tear to my eye. I thought that was really sweet. Right, because it, it meant that Yuzu really does have people who care about her in a in a place to return to. It's not, and they were concerned about her not just because oh great our boss is going to be pissed if an employee goes a wall under our watch, but it was like 
no, they're friends, and they love her and care for her and want her to be safe and safe and sound at home with them. Yeah, oh, oh, and then when it said that, like, Satsuki, how, like, Satsuki fell towards Yuzu, and I just, I literally just went, aha! Really? Like, yes! <laughs> I mean, it was, I mean, it was sort of obvious, because she's the cool and aloof stuff. type that she cared for everyone because if she didn't care for Yuzu, she would do like she would do just enough to make sure that her own ass didn't get hammered but would probably throw Yuzu under the bus if she didn't care for him for her no I know like I just I just liked that it was like finally like solidified and like she actually like admits it you know I thought that was really sweet yeah because I love them, I ship the crap out of them. <laughs> like, OTP. One, oh, one more character that I just want to touch on briefly is the sort of dark horse in the sh in the show among the main cast, Sakura, who yes! is the she quiet. She barely talks. The quiet type and. The evil type too, since she's hell bent on uh, on cutting Okiku's hair for whatever reason. Like she will. Don't run with scissors, kids. Sakura is a terrible example. Yeah, I, uh, she's voiced by very, very softly voiced by Jay Saxon, who is also the ADR director of the show. But yes, she's cute and hilarious and just doesn't doesn't really seem doesn't really seem to have like a sense like a sensor bar. She will just she's she will just do whatever she wants, basically, as long as her chores get done. Uh yeah, I I I don't know. I felt like she was so underutilized. Yeah, um, there could have they could have done a whole lot more with her, but I guess, for honestly, at first, I until she like said something a couple episodes later, I thought she was supposed to be non-verbal. Yeah, same. And but I saw that they had like a cast listing for her, you know, in both the sub and the dub. So I was like, well, obviously she's got to say something. Right, but even with that, it, I'm thinking like she might make grunts or some kind of like. Yeah, sound like, effect or something it might not but still might not actually yeah. speak so i thought yeah. that was the only reason that she was in the cast list just based on her initial behavior it was and then you sort of warm up to her and just see how crazy she is yeah for sure um okay so kind of going into our con conclusion here um i i what I want to say. I think I watched the show about three times overall. Um, I was pretty lukewarm on it first, first go around. Uh, warmed up to it a little bit on the second. By the third, I absolutely adore it. I watched it twice. Once uh, while it was, while the dub was airing and then 
again to remind myself what happened so we could record this episode. Yeah. Um, and my love for it softened a little the second time just because I could see it all like together in perspective when I bent as in the as a to bent when binging it as opposed to seeing it weekly. But it's still just I kept the same vibe that initially drew me to it, which is just cute girls doing cute things and just the re- really borderline Iyashike relaxed setting that I that I just needed at the time when it was when it was airing just stresses and stuff just melted away when I whenever I'd come home and it was on and it was uploaded that day and yeah it's it's a show that you should watch slowly I think as opposed instead yeah. of binging it it it's definite it's definitely enjoyed in small doses as opposed to just cute overload if you binge it um it's definitely like i would consider it like okay so like some people have like these like emotional comfort animals this is like an emotional comfort show pretty much yeah it lets you just it lets you fawn on cute little animal girls and 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 relax and just feel relaxed just talking about it now uh yeah no um i i think this definitely stands out um as a really like well executed show i think it's definitely well worth watching um i give it like a 3.5 out of 5 um pretty like decent recommendation i think especially if you're a fan of like slice of life cute girls doing cute things cute fox girls doing cute fox girl things uh shinto mythology uh sprinkles of yuri and the whatnot and or just yokai in general i would probably give this i would go higher i would go maybe four four and a half i think because it it did it for me but at this but it's not quite me wanting to preach gospel about it yeah so yeah i'd I'd say four and a half definitely i i'm definitely gonna buy it once it comes up for pre-order um i think for me i think streaming is just fine um, I'm not really in a rush to purchase it, but that's that's just me. Um, basically, like if you're a huge fan, go ahead and buy it. If you're curious, go ahead and stream it. Uh, Crunchyroll, Funimation, pick whichever language is your preference and enjoy. Yeah. Um, alternate recommendations uh, would be the next show that we're going to briefly touch on. Uh, Cockcurdio, Spirit Bed and Breakfast. Um, which is currently airing right now. Yes, it's um, a two-core show. I'm not sure if it's 24 or 26, but... I believe very... it's 26. Sweet! Very great. Very good show. It's way more story-driven than uh, than Konohana, but the story is incredible. The characters are in- are incredible. I just You see they have these great arcs to them that 
that are just realistic and understandable and sta- and satisfying. Um, yeah, like, I, it's, it's definitely more geared, I think, towards, like, a Jose demographic, uh, which is basically anime aimed at, like, young uh, adult women. Um, but, I mean, like, anyone can watch it, but that just happens to be, like, the demographic. Uh, but basically, it's about this human girl who ends up in the yokai world, uh, working at this, um another ryokan or like a a uh, resort for uh spirits and so forth but i think humans can also obviously can go back and forth because she happens to be there um and the reason for this is because her nefarious grandfather uh, got them into debt uh, to which he used his granddaughter as like a bargaining tool to the master of the Tenjinya, which is the name of the bed and breakfast, uh, basically offered his daughter like hand in marriage. So almost like the dad in Ranma half, where it's like kind of just uses his kid as like a marriage bargaining tool when he can't pay his debts. It, um, they literally say that Aoi is collateral for for the debts and honestly you sort of see just how strong she is like with in the first episode alone where she's like saying oh hell no i i'm making my own decisions i'll pay it off give me a restaurant and i can pay it off yeah basically instead of marrying this guy she decides no i'm gonna get a job here and i'm gonna work off this, this debt and you can't stop me and I love it. And I love, like, there's so many moments throughout the show, too, where, like, it could very easily go in this very typical shoujo romance, like, route, you know, where, like, the guy says something really suave, and then the girl looks at him with, you know, like, googly eyes, and then the background goes all sparkly, and there's, like, flowers twirling in the background, and fanciful music plays and all this stuff and then there's like this cutesy inner monologue and blah 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 and instead she just like snaps her fingers and is just like ah no way at the same time though it's (laughs) slowly like oh yeah like there's moving towards that direction like you can definitely see that she like and she appreciates the master's help way more and you can tell that there's definitely a little bit of chemistry since she's saying about how just safe and relaxed and how she feels that way around him. So yeah, it's sure. definitely going in a romantic direction, but it's taken it's taking the scenic route basically, and it's in no rush to to affirm anything pretty much. Yeah, like it's not entirely. Um... Yeah, I mean, like, there, there's definitely, like, a relationship happening with, 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 between them, but it's not to the point where, um, you know, like, it's it's definitely going, I think, at a much more realistic pace, and I think, in, and I think it's going at a pace that's truer to the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can definitely tell, like, you know, Owie is still very much, like, a strong, like, free-thinking woman. Um, she very much sticks to her guns. She's not gonna, like, 
you know, cave to this, like, handsome bed and breakfast owner's, like, whim just because he's super hot. You know, she, she's going to stand her ground, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, and she's... My- She's not gonna give. She's not gonna like let anything go just because there's a man in her life now. She yeah. is completely a strong, independent woman. Um, and I, I really like that. It definitely like, um, it definitely ticks off the boxes. Um, in like what I what I look for in an anime romance or in like a romance anime. Um, and it's definitely like. Do you, either of the characters, like, have their convictions? Like, do they have other goals and aspirations outside of just wanting to be in love with each other? And this definitely ticks that 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 box. Like, Owie doesn't just exist solely to marry this, like, spirit guy. Like, no, she wants to, like, help out her family, help out herself, um, and also just make food for the guests that that they enjoy by the way the food in this show it looks amazing and i want to try to make all of it and eat all of it i think Crunchyroll's doing something like trying some of the recipes but yeah it is it is it doubles as a food anime it for anyone who for anyone who likes food porn it do not watch this on an empty stomach it it will just hurt if you do (laughs) not make you angry but just hurt like you will, you will want to eat everything. Um, my, I think I don't know. Like I think if I had any slight complaints, it's just I just wish the show was just animated a little bit better. It just kind of needs like a little bit of like a scrub, like you know maybe like add like you know like a shine, or like you know a wax buffer to it. Just kind of give it a little bit more sparkle. I think that's like my only complaint. But it is simul dubs, like, or it is simulcast season. Perhaps for the Blu-ray, some of the maybe it'll get touched up by then. But I other thought than about that, it's a pretty solid show. I thought about that, like, yeah, there are parts where it could pop more, but at the same time, it completely works in the way it it is. Like, it's not the art isn't trying to draw attention to itself, and that's sort of what I like about it. It it doesn't it doesn't need anything touch, touched up or flashy because it's still very real very nice animation and art. Like um, it's, it's a not little so more... much like the flashiness necessarily. I just wish I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. It's I just wish there was more consistency. I wish the characters like the character designs looked um, consist consistently nice, um, and there weren't as many you know like blowouts with the lines or like certain like things kind of going slightly off off model. But a lot of those things kind of happen. Yeah, uh, if with like if, seasonal anime. If you look closely, there are definitely some slip ups in terms of the art and animation. Like there was one scene back several episodes ago where basically Owie just like puts a plate down in front of someone and the camera is sort of pans like looks up to her from the floor sort of like at her two o'clock I guess one o'clock two o'clock and she has like maybe 
five or six syllables worth of lines, and her mouth stays open for the entire thing. And it's, and it's like, that's the only thing that seems to even be animated in that scene where it's just... Like, you can tell that... You can tell that, like, the rest of it is supposed to look like background, including Aoi's own... Aoi's body itself, which just... It just looked weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then to, like, t to touch on the dub, um, of course, Aoi is played by Emily Neves, who we I adore. Me as well. You will hear us sing her praises a lot in this podcast. We both love her. Yeah, she's she's really sweet. She's a great person. Um, she's a terrific actor. Uh, I really enjoy her work a lot. Not and only I'm is the show written, or uh, not only the show spoiled it. Uh, not only is the sh show have Emily as the lead, she's also the right writing the script for the show. So she's wearing two hats that really just work well together. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm always happy to to have her and be be involved with the show, either writing or acting, or in this case both, which is like a nice little bonus. Um, and then, I believe Christopher Winecamp, Winecamp, Waycamp, Waycamp. I my sincerest apologies if I butcher anyone's name from here and on out. Um, he plays the master of the Tenjinya. Um, I'm really enjoying his performance. I think their performance, like the like the chemistry between the performances of him and Emily, I think work really well. I think they play off each other really well. Definitely. Um, and then pretty much all the other all the other voices as well. Um, I think every I think everything is uh, or everyone I think plays their character very well. Yeah. One thing I sort of just was thinking about is how, like, their Emily, how Emily and Chris's on-screen chemistry is sort of coinciding with uh, Owie and the Masters' chemistry and compatibility as the show progresses. Like, since they've the show's been airing for a while, so they've had the, had a time to get a feel for each other in the booth. That sounded dirty. Um, and so, yeah, it's sort of interesting parallels there. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh, and this is also a Jade Saxon-directed show, so... Yes. Everything comes full circle. <laughs> um, but yeah, I highly recommend this show. Um, I can't really say enough good things about it. Um, I definitely want to purchase it when it is available to do so. Um, it's Again, it's one of the few shows where you actually have, like, a, a fairly, like, healthy representation of, like, a romance um, between two people. I haven't really seen that since, I think, like, Snow White with the Red Hair, which also ticks all my boxes. Um, and again, it, it it's, it's romance, it's yokai, it's the spirit world it's really yummy looking food so it very much ticks a lot of my boxes for sure um i very much give it like a four out of five i was thinking about this and not to throw a not to throw a meme wrench into your plan here but 
how do we know that this isn't Stockholm Syndrome? Explain. I mean, Aoi was basically kidnapped, and... No, Why didn't she just go back... Why didn't she just go back to the parent realm, and... Because she had to pay her debt. Right, but she could have just, like, figured out an installment plan. Instead of actually working there, and then... Falling yeah, in but, love with the person she's supposed to be. Yeah, but her installment, for. her her installment plan, her her like barter is that she works there, because the other option was that she get married, and she said no, she's gonna do it her way. So this is very much not Stockholm. She's not kidnapped. She chose to stay there, and she was very adamant about it. You have a point there. Still, it's crossed my mind on. One or two occasions. No, trust me, I don't think it's that it's that type of show whatsoever. You're the psych expert, I'll believe you. <laughs> I don't, I'm not an expert, but I do know a little bit. Alright, um, I think... Uh, I think we're just about done here. Uh, do we have any other concluding thoughts or anything? Yokai shows are a lot of fun and getting better. And Emily Neves is amazing. Yes, please cast her in more things. I really like her a lot. Cast her in all the things. Also, please have her direct like more shows. She's yes. also a fantastic director. Yes. Um, put her in all the things, because she's great. This statement not paid for or endorsed by Emily Neves. Yeah. So, um, this I think this overall c- concludes this episode. Um, where where can the people find us? You can find me on on uh, Twitter at, at Matthew H. Voss and the Instagram I never use at Vomahanu. Uh, you can find me um, on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, pretty much all the social media is at Shtera, S-H-T-E-R-R-R-A. Um, I, I'm probably on Twitter the most. I think that's where most of the action happens. And you can follow the show as well on, on Twitter uh, at Dubterfuge. Um, yes. So thank you so much for listening. Um, links will be down in the descriptions um, for both, uh, both of the shows mentioned um, and any other, uh, in, in, you know, any other information that we provide. Um, again, not not entirely sure what show we're doing next, um, and also there may or may not um, be some more surprises in store for the show as yes. the year goes on. So. We have pl- we actually have plans now for what some some of the stuff we want to do, so we will be enacting those. Yes, uh, definitely keep an eye out on our Twitter for details. Wahaha! Evil laughter. We should probably close it out now since we have no idea. Yep, done. Bye.
And that's our show. New episodes drop every two weeks on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time on YouTube. The show is available for download on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Podcast Addict, and Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter at Dubgefuge for more updates. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Now this is podcasting.